0: to find the right tool for the job and there is a lot of fear there's a lot of fear for large companies to make a change there's a lot of fear for small companies and i think in the middle i think you find it too but at some point there's a there's a breaking point where you're only going to grow so much and you're only going to compete so well with the other people in your market if you are resistant to change and a lot of what i do is just foster that growth and change in organizations honest conversations around where it is that they really want to be.
1: Welcome to the Leadership Junkies podcast brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. We're here today with Jen McFarland, and Jen is the founder of Women Conquer Business. She also has a podcast by that same name. Now, Women Conquer Business, listen to this, it's a digital marketing operations consultancy. And they help entrepreneurs and small businesses solve their marketing and technology challenges, streamline their processes and amplify their impact. Basically, Jen McFarland is gonna talk about a different way to look at technology, a way to bring down some of our fears about technology and some ideas on where to start when you're developing your strategies for how you're going to use technology to make your business better, make your business easier, and amp up your impact. Welcome to the We're thrilled to be back here again today with another wonderful guest. Jen McFarland is coming to us from Portland, Oregon. She is the founder of Women Conquer Business. She also has a podcast by the same name. Uh, Women Conquer Business is a digital marketing operations consultancy to help entrepreneurs and small businesses solve their marketing technology challenges, streamline processes, and amplify impact. And, you know, we're all about impact here. Yep. There's so many different ways to do that. And I love already that we're going to get to impact, not just the edges <laughs> of it, but what actually makes a difference. And I'm looking forward to hear what Jen has to share with us and I'm just, let's just jump right into it. So welcome, Jen.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to meet you, Jeff and Craig. Thank you.
1: Glad to have you. So give us a little bit of the Jen McFarland story.
0: Oh, wow. How much time do we have
1: 45 45 (laughs) minutes but only two minutes for that
0: only two minutes (laughs) so i've had a really varied background and experience so i've done the peace corps i was a radio dj i have a master's degree in leadership i worked in government and i'm that kind of the accidental entrepreneur so while i was (laughs) working in government on these huge tech projects i would notice that my my primarily female entrepreneurial friends were really struggling with tech. And mm. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, this was <laughs> about 5 years ago and I didn't really understand how much technology could really get people tied up in knots around yeah. their business. And when I started to see that, I was like, hey, I can I can really make a difference here. I can really help people in a different way. And as much as I love working at the city and, you know, affecting like, you know, big groups of people, as a former Peace Corps volunteer, I really missed having that one-to-one connection with people. And I just yeah. didn't have that at the city. So that was what kind of led me to begin just helping people as kind of a side gig. And then over time, I realized I really liked that more. And that was when you know, the business really began and began to flourish. Hmm.
1: Well, it's interesting you talk about technology, especially with Craig and I, because Craig, Craig started his career more in the technology space. Um, I've never been in that space and, <laughs> and it's easy for someone like me to see technology as this thing versus like, it's, it's a nice to have almost like, yeah, you gotta have some technology, but you know, I'm sure this is much more about understanding how technology can help you grow the business, systematize the business and create the change. Basically the overall imprint of the business through technology, right? Connects to everything.
0: Absolutely, and in the last year, we've seen a 10-year acceleration in digital transformation. <laughs> yeah. good point. Literally, I mean, they've done studies on this and they're saying, Forrester is reporting that by 2023, it's gonna 58% of everything that we do in business is gonna be somehow affected by digital marketing and advertising. So we've seen this tremendous shift into technology, but even five years ago, that was really starting to happen. And you can't run a business today. You can, but it's very rare to run a business today where technology isn't some sort of interface within your yes. business. Everyone yeah. has a smartphone. They're looking you up. And so as business owners, it's really important to kind of embrace it. Or if you can't embrace it, find ways to lead your way through it. You have to still be a champion of technology, even if you're like, I don't care less about it.
2: Now, how long have you had your business, Jen? Five years. Five years. And did you see a big uptick uh, beginning of last year when COVID hit?
0: So immediately, I saw all my customers leave, <laughs> and then over time, everybody came back and more. I had my ah. best year ever last year. Yeah. But there was that real decline when everybody was like, "Whoa, what's happening?" And they kind of had to pump the brakes in March, which I had totally understood. And then yeah. by about July, it was. Everybody was like, okay, this is going to go on for a while. I really need to (laughs) handle some things. Yeah. Well, and I think I I honor that because I think a lot of people were like, okay, I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm going to hit the pause button and I'm going to wait it out. And then by about July, people were like, "Uh, we can't do that anymore.
2: Yeah.
1: Oops. But so Jen, just as we get started here, and maybe just for my edification, you've talked about technology in this sort of broad stroke, and you're in Women Conquer Business is a digital, what's it called, digital marketing operations consultancy. So separate for us or bring together digital marketing versus technology and how you're working with businesses.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked. So did you know that there are over 8,000 different pieces of software just to market your business? So for a lot of people, that alone is really overwhelming. There are a lot of choices out there in just the marketing space. Now, I have broad-based technology experience that could help in any area. Mm -hmm. But marketing is one of the things where people really want to show up and they really want things to be a little bit more streamlined, Whether it's You know, getting people from customer, I have their email and their name to I want to send out an email marketing campaign, or I have this person and I want to write notes about them. So maybe I need a CRM or you know, any number of little bits and baubles that you want to talk to each other, that's operationally the back end of your business. So I'm really the nerd who saves you money. (laughs) I look up (laughs) things, I research things, I do all of that stuff. I do what maybe seems like magic to a lot of people, but it's not. It's really thinking through what your business process or operations are. Yeah. And then how you can show up in the world with as much ease as possible.
2: And do you find people are overwhelmed by the number of choices of things? Like, if I choose this platform, then that means I'm not using this platform. And so, I don't want to make a mistake in that choice because then there's switching costs and it's going to be difficult to change. Or do you find that it's more of, okay, I I figured out what I want to use. I think it'll work for me, but I just have no clue
0: how to make it work. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think it's both. I think that, you know, I run into some people who are like, I have all of the things, make it happen. And they have like 16 things that do the same thing and they're using it for part or not at all. And yep. then I run into people who don't buy anything, and they're completely frozen by the yeah. choices and the noise. There's so much noise out there. Everybody's telling you what it is that you need, mm-hmm. and it's really hard, not just because you're being marketed to all the time, but it's hard because everybody has an opinion. And then some people don't want to waste their money if they don't know what to do. So it's, it's right. kind of both. You know, there's the freewheelers, and then there's the people who are kind of frozen and don't spend the money.
1: Yeah, I would say I'm the second one, because when you said 8,000 pieces of software, (laughs) I thought, I think you're underestimating it because I feel like I've heard from at least 8,000 different people on LinkedIn over the last six weeks on how they've got the solution. And I'm thinking if everybody's got the solution, why has anybody got an issue? Because everybody's growing businesses 14 times in three hours. And so uh, when you said 8,000, I go, that feels, that feels low, actually. Well, I think well, the hey, truth I, of it is, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I
0: was just going to say 8,000 software applications. That doesn't include all the people trying to sell you right. on different tools.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, I think the, the truth of the matter is people, I, I see it time and time again, people will come in, they'll subscribe to a piece of software, but then they don't spend the time to figure out how to use it. So it sits in the back. They're getting charged every month. So it's great for those companies, right? They were, were doing the subscriptions, but it doesn't really impact somebody's business until they talk to somebody like Jen.
1: So Jen, when you come into a business, what are you doing for them? I mean, you've, you've talked about it, like where, where do they engage you and what does that look like?
0: So one of the first things that I like to start with is really a marketing audit. It's one of the things that I do for small businesses here in the city of Portland, Uh, Prosper Portland is the economic development agency here. And I just, visit and consult with small businesses all the time. And we just look at, okay, what are you doing now? Like one of the ways to really affect change is to be like, okay, where are we today? And where do we want to be? And kind of mapping it out. I mean, that's basic like change management or, you know, so many different ways of of getting that to the delta so that you know exactly where to go. So what does that look like? Part of it is, okay, what software are you using now? How much is it costing you? And what are you doing with it? And that really like rips off the bandaid on the whole, well, uh, dang, <laughs> you know, or a lot of people don't know. And then you have to go through things like yeah. credit card statements and PayPal and all <laughs> this stuff. So you can kind of figure out, you know, cause people you're right. People subscribe to things and then they forget, you know, and then they get charged. So okay. we go through that, but then we also look at, I have this, you know, we have this detailed questionnaire with prosper. And then I have a different iteration of it with my private clients where it just gives me answers to anything from how comfortable are you with marketing your business <laughs> to where are your profiles now so i can go take a look and see what's going on and see if then when i speak to that person in in person or now you know over zoom when i talk to you and then i go look at it is am i seeing the same thing because fundamentally that's what digital marketing is you could meet somebody at a networking event and then they go to your website and it's like, I don't, I don't even know who this person is. <laughs> so, what you, you must- want is for there to be alignment, you know. Yeah. And and so that's really what the audit does. We go through, and I'm like, okay, well, if you really want to be here, then here are the things that we need to do. Here are the 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 profiles you need to set up. Why don't we get rid of like a thousand dollars of technology you're buying and not Absolutely. using, and and let's just go from there. And it's really bespoke. It's really based on what people's needs are. There's no set program other than answer a few questions (laughs) just so you can guide me a little bit (laughs) and then let's have a conversation about it.
2: Wow, prescription without diagnosis is malpractice, right? So good that you're actually looking at it first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I'm curious, uh, Jen, when people are coming to you or finding you, do they know what their issues are or are <laughs> you more helping them identify the issues or, or what do they see as their problem that needs a solution?
0: So I think, I think it comes through a couple of different doors. Sometimes people are just getting started and they're like, I don't have anything. So that's, you know, and the diagnosis is good for that. You know, the audit is good for that because then ideally you get people set on the right path and they, they can kind of, do do their thing until they reach a point of growth that they need to make a change. What happens more often is something isn't working. <laughs> they're exhausted. Yeah. They're entering the same information a hundred times into five different <laughs> yeah. places.
2: They don't have Zapier.
0: You know, they, they yeah. know that they're just, yeah, you know, they're they're wasting so much time and they aren't seeing the impact that they want because most of the people I work with, they don't like technology at all. Like they just wish it would go away but they know it's like a necessary evil so things aren't working i typically and i i love that i don't love that things aren't working but i love to help people see the path through that you know yeah. i'd rather get somebody who has a mess that's completely stuck so that they can see the future of of their business and have them realize what the what that they can realize their dreams and that's sometimes what I do by just kind of saying, okay, so if we lift these things away and you have three or four more hours a week to do you, which is not, <laughs> you know, I mean, really to yeah. do you, which is not, you know, futzing around with technology all the time, what would that look like? Yeah. And so a lot of people who come to me are at that point of frustration where they've just had it, you know, and sometimes they just want to throw in the towel. And so I get to kind of help walk them back and say, okay, let's just simplify things. Let's just get some things done so that you can feel more secure and better in your business. So I really work with people who have a lot of broken stuff.
1: It's interesting, Jen, because typically if I hear digital marketing, I'm thinking marketing and technology and software and all those things support that. But I'm hearing that a lot of your work is about helping them improve the processes of their businesses. And using technology to help remove um, obstacles in their business or improve the flow of their business or take some pressure off of them so you're like this sounds very holistic sort of technology wizard uh who can help not only with process but the marketing side too is that am i hearing that right
0: yeah if your processes are cleared up and you get it to where it's that you know in in e-myth they talk about the gold standard right so if you know that gold standard of what customer service looks like, if we can get you there, you can begin to show up differently in your business. And that actually, everything is marketing. Like if you can show up more relaxed and you can show up and do the things that you want to do, that's marketing. So many people out there are, are different from me. A lot of what I offer, I acknowledge is very counter culture. <laughs> I'm not yeah. trying to, I'm the tech, tech person who's not trying to sell you on tech. I'm trying to sell you on, you know, untying the knots so you can find joy in your business. That's really what this is about for me.
2: So good.
1: Well, that makes sense. That really makes sense when I look at the description of your business as a digital marketing operations consultancy. Yeah. Uh, So I'm curious, you know, you've, a lot of times when we're looking at solutions, we like to ask questions, getting to what's the obstacles to those solutions. So what do you find are getting in the way of people achieving the outcomes they want, especially around technology?
0: Around technology? I I really see a lot of frustration, overwhelm. I think Craig mentioned it also that people will buy a tool, but then they don't want to learn about it. I also think that there are a lot of people who don't want to Hire people. So one of the questions I ask is, "What is it that you don't like to do? Like, what are you never going to do?" And if somebody says social media, I'm like, "Okay, well, you're going to have to find somebody who can help you run that, because that'll bring you more joy if you're not stressing out about that." You know, so everybody kind of has a different thing that they don't like. So what I like to do is clear as many barriers as possible so that people can do more of the things that they do like. So there are some people who are, like I said, t- terrified of technology, so they don't do anything. <laughs> and you can't necessarily live over there right? entirely unless you have a staff who can handle it. So if that's really where you are, then let's get you to a place of where you can have staff or make it as low tech as possible, where you can still do the essentials of what it is that you need to do.
2: Or off- automate a good portion of the sales and marketing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What I like to say is that I automate so that you can be more human in your business. Yeah. Don't automate for the sake of automation. You automate so you have more time to do you. As I said earlier, you know, so you have more time to do the things that you really enjoy. Uh, A lot of the people that I work with don't enjoy the parts that I do.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Well, I love that part about being more human. You know, we, Craig and I both (laughs) are about bringing more humanity into the workplace. And yeah. this is a, a new twist on that of point. Using technology to allow people to be more human through technology versus we typically think technology is taking the humanity out of it. <laughs> it's well, like to t- replacement,
0: it, it easily can. And yeah. I, and I think, yeah, Craig will agree with that. You can easily over tech to the point where you're sending out stuff that doesn't make any sense. You know, you can, if you just let set and forget, you can show up as tone deaf in places. (laughs) If you're posting about things and there's been some big national tragedy, like there are all kinds of things that you can like overdo it. Uh, What I like to do is help people find that balance where they're not overdoing it. They're just, they understand enough to get them where they want to be. I mean, I think that that's where people begin to make an impact. You make an impact when you're relaxed enough to just sit in your values and really help people
2: that is such a good point jen and that's that's kind of where i was thinking of of what jeff was talking about is bringing humanity to our marketing and sales where we're actually able to communicate with somebody in a in a low stress environment just focused on helping them solve their problem rather than us trying to you know force something to happen or force the deal it's it's just we're there to serve and if they find that we're the right partner to help them solve a particular problem then that's great and that's going to happen much better if we're human when we show up
0: i agree
1: well you've, you've mentioned a number of times jen that you often work with small businesses and i'm curious having been a small business owner for most of my career especially from startup stage to bigger i feel like early stage companies struggle with technology mm-hmm. unless it's a technology business, but even then the use yeah. of technology and operating their business and part of it is they just see it as a cost. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's something I can do when, versus I'm guessing you're telling them no, this is what you do now. So it allows you to get to when.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is,
1: is that accurate? And how do you change that conversation and mindset for business owners?
0: You know, it's interesting because I also worked in large scale, and I see a lot of the same issues or mm-hmm. problems. and it it comes down to influence in a lot, and it, whether I was working at large scale projects or now, it's about having those conversations about where it is that people really want to be and what they're willing to do to get there. You know, you can't reach a goal unless you, really get after it day after day. And if it's just not in you to get after some of these things day in and day out, you know you have to automate it. You know, or you have to find an easier way to do it. You have to find a tool. You know, we're not you know, I I don't know about you guys, but I don't swat flies with a hammer. And it, it's
2: <laughs> I got a lot of holes many, in my walls.
0: It <laughs> <laughs> pokes too many holes in the walls, you know. So, you have to find the right tool for the job. And there is a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear for large companies to make a change. There's a lot of fear for small companies. And I think in the middle, I think you find it too. But at some point, there's a, there's a breaking point where you're only going to grow so much and you're only going to compete so well with the other people in your market if you are resistant to change. Yep. And a lot of what I do is just foster that growth and change in organizations through honest conversations around where it is that they really want to be.
1: So I'm always curious, how do folks find you? Like, what's the, the message that they're drawn to? And, and have you been intentional about that message to attract them?
0: Well, I'm getting better at it because let's, let's face it, I'm a nerd, so it's not always easy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> a nerd with personality. Uh, but the messaging has been difficult at times because yeah. what I do is so much different from other people. And I've really found my way through you know, being on podcasts. I co-host a, a nationwide networking group. Uh, I have my own podcast. I'm around. People can find me. And I think that what draws people to me or, or the people that I like to work with, <laughs> they appreciate that I'm grounded. I use humor. They get honesty from me. Yeah. I mean i an idaho girl like this is it like this is <laughs> you're gonna meet me on the street meet me on the podcast this is this is this is what you get yeah and i don't do that huge sales pitch like if we had a, a consultation call it'd be very much the same thing of like okay what is it that you need what is it that you're doing now and here's how i can help you and and i've actually had people say that's it and i'm like yeah that's it <laughs> and they're like sign me up you know because there's no big fancy convoluted process. Right. And I think a lot of people are yearning for that. So I do find my people. I do get out there and, and, and do my thing. It, it's just a lot different than what you're hearing um, among colleagues. Gotcha.
1: Well, it sounds like most, which I really like your approach. Sounds like most of the people that come to you, you are asking questions about problems and things like that, but you're focusing on where they want to go. And what they want, what the future to look like, what they're looking to create as a starting point, if I'm hearing you right, then look for what helps them get there or helps them get there quickly or helps them get there more easily. But you've got that ending goal is what I'm hearing.
0: I think that's true. And I think the other thing that I ask that a lot of marketers don't ask is where are you today? I think a lot of times marketers just sort of step in and they have their prescriptive way that they do it like everybody's fits into this box and it can cause a lot of friction if it takes a really heavy lift to get to where that marketer says they need to be as opposed to what i do which is like okay where are we at where are we at today okay let me just meet you there let's Mm -hmm. let's have a conversation and then tell me where it is that you want to go and Here are some things that you can do today that are achievable. And then I like to work myself out of a job. So we do that. And then later on, if you need more, come back. And I have Mm -hmm. a lot of repeat customers that have a lot of word of mouth. I mean, All of that stuff really helps.
2: Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. If you enjoy the Leadership Junkies podcast and you want to grow your leadership, we have a new course for you called Become a Confident Leader. In this course, we will share some of the keys to becoming more confident in your leadership and also to become more impactful. Go to cardavera.com/confident to find out more. See you on the inside. Welcome back. So, I want to come back to you do have
1: a unique model. And at what point if if there is a point, do you go from the person with the tech, the technology nerd, as you've called yourself several times, and process and operations, do you go into what I'll call the more pure or traditional digital marketing piece? Are you advising people on the social media, for example?
0: I like to help people with their marketing strategy. Um, so it's kind of, kind of, I don't, I help with social media, but I'm not like a, social i'm not going to manage your social media for you yeah. for example but what i can do is help i've helped people i have kind of a process or a model for helping people discover the keywords and phrases that they can use um a model for how they can show up online like on social media with like predictable content that they can create and things like that i help people with a lot of that a lot of it is. um Yeah, it's pretty tactical, you know, and I help people with kind of just some of the different tactics and things that they can do. I'm also pretty plugged into a lot of what's going on out there. I'm grateful to be a member of a lot of groups with some big, you know, leaders out there that can have their finger on the pulse of things like LinkedIn or uh, some of the cutting edge things going on with AI and how that can further your marketing. Uh, But I would say that a lot of what I do is a facilitator. Like I like to help people with process, but then I have a lot of partners out there. Like I have people who do, you know, the the brand strategy and I have people who do some more of the writing and, you know, we all have to work as a team. So you're not going to come to me and have me take on all of it. You know, you're going to come to me and I'm going to help you find the specialists who can do the parts that I can't do. Like I, I don't have any illusions about, you know, what I can and can't do or what I like to do or not do. Like, I don't, I don't, I stay in my lane, which is, (laughs) you know, let's, let's get, let's get the technology going. Let's talk about what it is that you like to do. Let's figure out a lot of what I do is say, okay, look, you know, you just need to be on this, like the social media platform where your people are. (laughs) So tell me about your (laughs) customer. is
2: is not Facebook for everybody.
0: It's not Facebook for everybody. (laughs) And in fact, there's a lot of statistical data out there. Uh, the Pew Research Institute does has done like basically at this point, I think you could call it a longitudinal study on, you know, all of the demographics and where they're showing up. You know, tap into that. Talk to your customers. You know, find out where they are, and then guess what? You can't just be where you like to be. You have to <laughs> be where they are. So a lot of what I do is advising, but it's more of that. Uh, myth busting and answering questions. And then if I'm not the person finding them and connecting them to the person who is.
1: That is, that comment you made is so profound and so often missed. the idea of go where your customers or (laughs) clients are versus where you are. Because I hear so many people say, well, I hate that platform. I hear it all the time too. Who cares if you hate it? What what does that, like you're, like I want to say, and I I do sometimes say it, (laughs) What are you? That arrogant? <laughs> Who cares what you want? Yeah. This is well. They'll give me the reasons why. I said, but that doesn't matter. It's if not you're about do you. This are you going to do this because of the for the people that you serve? That's how the question gets asked. And I, I'm curious how you said you hear that a lot.
0: Oh, all the time. And in fact, I was faced with it my with my own brand. I went through a rebranding process in the the beginning of the year, and. I worked with this branding person and I was like, this is how I want people to feel. This is everything. And we get to the end and she's like, so I think the colors are blue and orange. And I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> cause I'm, <laughs> I, I, you know, and I was like, cause I'm, I'm from Idaho and there's this team called Boise state and they have like the blue field, oh, and they yeah. have all the, like the blue and orange and all that. And I went to the arch rival and the last thing that I want is blue and orange. Cause all I think about <laughs> <laughs> it's Boise State.
1: Boise State.
0: And it's not about me. It's about how my customers feel and about the whole brand as a whole. Yep. And so we negotiated <laughs> what what kind of blue and orange it would be so that I could live with it, but I would still be reaching out to my to my people and showing up in that way so that they would feel the groundedness and the comfort, mm-hmm. you know, and the joy that I want to bring to them because I had to you know, dig deep and say, okay, this isn't really about me <laughs> at a certain point. I have to be able to look at it and appreciate it and enjoy it, but it is about the emotions that I wanna elicit in people. So I think that throughout your brand, there are parts of it that are definitely you, like how you do customer service, how mm-hmm. you respond to people, the tone of voice yep. you use in your blog, you know, your interactions with customers, all of that. But then where you go on social media and maybe even what your brand looks like, that's about them. And and you have to show up for them in that way. And I guess that in my working with people around marketing, (laughs) that's a lot of it. My first career before Peace Corps was a professional graphic designer. Mm. I designed all kinds of things for people. I worked in marketing for a long time. You know, I developed websites at the city of Portland. I did techy stuff. I mean, I've been in marketing and tech for a really long time. I understand a lot of things. I just stay more in in my lane when it comes to the actual execution of things. Gotcha.
2: Well, Mark- that- Mark- Go ahead. Go ahead, Craig. I was just going to say I, I find that so many people don't really know who their audience is and just figuring that out. So then once they figure out, okay, who is the audience? And what do they really want? Not, not talking about things from my perspective of this is what I'm offering, but rather helping them to see, hey, I actually understand your pain and I understand how to solve that. Do you find that people are having the issues of, of their messaging being off? I or think is, that or happens are you a lot. That with that? I'm sorry.
0: I think that happens a lot. Yeah. And if I see it, you know, when I'm reviewing everybody's information that they have out there and what it is that they're telling me, you know, I'll communicate that there's a real disconnect here. Yeah. You know, a lot of what people want from me is they want to save time. They want think their life to be a little easier, you know, and I can deliver that in terms of looking at their processes and through mm-hmm. automation and some programs and things like that. If it gets into the deeper levels of brand and messaging, then um, there, there are some really great people out there that I can send people to. Gotcha. Around that, but I do let people know. Like I I am in it all the time and I see it over and over and over again. I think that there's this fear. I think that people don't necessarily want to know. (laughs) They don't want to hear that. The thing is that the the conversation I have with people over and over again when I'm like, well, so who's your who's your client? What do you know about them? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, have have you asked? Like, who are you working with now? Have you asked them? <laughs> it's kind of like, difficult to sell know? when
2: you don't know who you sell it to.
0: Yeah. Or, or they're, they have this fear about like talking to their customers. And I'm like, yeah. what are you, <laughs> why just ask if yep. you're not sure about something, ask them.
1: Totally. Well, I think part of that fear is the fear that applies to all sorts of questions. The generic thing is I don't, I fear the answer, but I think like if you think about asking your people what they're, what's going on with them, same as your customers. Now you've created an expectation that you're going to do something about it. You're actually going to listen. And I think some people don't want the pressure of feeling like they have to do something. So they don't ask, they don't ask their people. They don't ask their customers. I would just rather not know because then I don't have to do anything, which is just insane. Can. It's insane. But I think it, for some people, it feels logical. Because safety is logical, actually. Safety is logical. That's the problem. Safety is logical.
0: And I know I'm talking to the right crowd here (laughs)
2: before
0: I say this. So how do you expect to grow and change if you just do the same thing over and over again?
2: The way we put it is you can't grow a business bigger than you. So if you're not growing and changing, your business isn't growing and changing.
0: Exactly. And if you're too afraid to ask people what they want, how do you know if you're delivering it or not <laughs>
2: right exactly it's crazy
0: you know in, in the in the model that that i use to work through some of these questions it's amazing to me you know one of the one of the things that people don't realize is things like google my business can have a huge impact huge. on your business huge like like on average it's like a 5% boost in conversions just by mm-hmm. having a profile by answering the questions for what people want and, and I'm like, and it's a great way to get reviews. <laughs> and everybody's like, ah, and like,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have to ask people for testimonials and reviews. And then on the other side of it, you have to follow up with clients and ask them for feedback, because if you want to have that marketing machine, you not only have to have the testimonials from people who like you, <laughs> you need to have the feedback from people where maybe it didn't go as well, because that's how you get that you know, continuous improvement cycle. And and those are fundamental pieces of marketing that often get overlooked.
1: So I let's think. talk about let's talk about the scary topic. Oh. I, I call Uh-oh. it scary because I think it freaks people out. I think <laughs> you've only referenced it once. And it's AI. I think my experience is many people, including me, still learning what is AI and and especially small businesses saying, well, no, no, that's for Google or for giant companies. It has no application. So I think it's one of the most confusing and because of that frightening topic. Talk a little bit about AI and how businesses can start to understand the value of AI, no matter what their size or scale.
0: Sure. So AI is artificial intelligence. There's a tremendous amount of information out there. Basically, anything that you're entering into Google is tracked. Now they're working on changing kind of how that tracking mechanism works. If you're a nerd and follow all that, okay. you know there's a lot going on. It is something though for businesses, especially if you're running ads and things, to be aware of is that you know there are, there are some shifts going on in how information is tracked that could affect Google AdWords or you know Facebook ads, different things like that. So. All of that is considered big data. You know, every search that you have, all of the demographic information that's tracked, that, that all kind of goes into the hopper. And you're right, you know, big companies have been mining all of this information for decades, you know? And if you're like, well, oh, I've tapped out of that, you know, <laughs> the, the truth is, you know, if you go to the supermarket and you sign up for their club card, it's the, fundamentally the same thing. They're tracking everything that you buy so that they can market back to you a little bit better. And that's traditionally how all of this information is working. Now, through different avenues, Google is also using this to kind of be more predictive in terms of what it is that you're searching for, what it is that you're looking for. So you can start to type in a search and it'll autofill what it thinks that you're looking for. Now that's either based on searches that you've done before or on the vast quantity of searches in the future. So what artificial intelligence does is it can take all of that information, and use it in a number of different ways. I would say that for my own company, the two company, the two tools that I'm using the most right now that are tied to artificial intelligence are um, a tool called conversion.ai where I can enter in like some topics and some different phrases and it kind of helps me generate copy on a quick basis. So what it's doing is, I'll say I'm writing a blog post about you know, I wrote a blog post last week about Click ClickFunnels um, because counterintuitive, you know, I don't like it. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> like the, I don't the person who's different, you know, doesn't like Click Funnels. So I'm like typing these things into conversion.ai about how I can make, you know, a headline kind of snappy or how I can, you know, des- describe things. What that tool does, and it's affordable is it goes out and it looks for different bits and snippets of like what, you know, what's out there about A topic like ClickFunnels, and it brings it back to me. And I can even tell it, like, I want it to be witty. I want it to be fun. I want it to be professional. And it'll kind of spit things out that it thinks fits. Now, some of them are crummy, and I don't want to use them. Other things I can look at and be like, huh, that's really interesting. I don't have to do all this research. It kind of kicks it back to me in a, a few seconds. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And I can take pieces of it and I can use it. And it's a quick tool to help me with writing. The other tool that I just am absolutely in love with, I know the co-founder of the company and they just are so aligned with my values is called Lately.ai. And I use that tool and Lately? you guys might be interested in it. Lately. Yeah. Lately.ai. That's AI. funny. And it's I
1: just connected with the founder of that Kate. today.
0: Kate, Kate. Bradley Churness? Yes. Yeah. Um, so she's a great podcast guest, by the way. I i was following her for a long time on LinkedIn, and then I was like, I'm just gonna ask her to be on my show, and and you know, and then we got to know each other. And I've used the product now for a couple of years, and it's fantastic for people who have a lot of content, people like podcasters, content creators, uh marketing agencies, bloggers, you know, it, it's a little more expensive, but what it does is you could say enter in your transcript from this show. Or you could upload the video because we're doing this on video and on audio. Upload the video; it'll transcribe it for you, and then you can auto-create all the all of these social media posts, and it'll attach the clip of the video. <laughs> so there that we you go, can Jeff. New, new way to
2: market the podcast. On social media.
0: <laughs> so AI can really, and it does it again, like under a minute. You know, it's generating all of all of this. I can go through and edit it and make it sound kind of like me. If it doesn't, I can make it sound like my audience, I can do whatever I want, and then I can just say, publish this um, at the best time that you think will work, this number of times a week, um, go, and it'll do it. And it'll rotate the keywords, it'll do all kinds of fancy things. So, Hmm. So those are two ways that AI is great. The downside of AI and the things that I really hope that they work on is... AI is only as good as the programmers, so right. guess who that is? <laughs> right. um, you know, a, a bunch of white guys. <laughs> so sometimes you look things up, and and it it, it doesn't sound like me, you know. Right. Or it if I were a person of color, it wouldn't sound like or bring back results that I would want, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's an ever evolving thing, and I'm hoping that they will start to bake in more. Equity into that process. There are a lot of conversations around that, but these things just take time, and hopefully that that's what'll happen. So AI is not all scary and things you see on like CIS, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be this super high tech thing. There are like some really tangible ways that you can use it to help your business.
2: Person of interest, tell us who you're, who we need to take out. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. No, no I have a uh, a close friend of mine my first business partner he's he's an AI guru he's spent the last 20 years bu- building his his AI engine and the the big difference between what he's built and say IBM Watson or things like that is with those those other tools it really does depend on people crafting the database structure and then figuring out the rules to go into that and there is so much bias in the system exactly whereas my friend he he has it so that you just feed it data it makes sense of the data and then it finds where the data resonates and and finds those points where they they come together so it's very different way of looking at it and unbiased That's amazing yeah
0: but what, what is it
2: um, metaphor logic is the name of the company and Craig Martin is the the person who's developing that it's it's almost finished and it's oh, cool. uh, it's a pretty incredible tool um, He's been able to take somebody, let, let's say he found out about a neurologist that was working with two girls in the Middle East. They couldn't walk. They kept going to the neurologist. Neurologist couldn't really seem to help them. He had them do a DNA analysis. He then came back and said, um, you know what, based on your DNA analysis, you have this, this rare genetic marker that means you are actually undernourished in this particular area. Take this Whatever horn powder, and they walk down the aisle for their graduation.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. See how good it can be, AI.
2: <laughs> <All> you, <laughs> that's right. All you listeners
0: out there, come on that's now. That's right.
2: AI rocks. Well, if you let's, use it right. Let's
1: speak. Let's speak to that potential ob- obstacle. I think one of the obstacles of AI, people implementing in their business, is they don't like how it's being used. They might say against sure. them, uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, you know, I constantly have people saying, you know, this just happened or this just popped up on my social media. That's all AI that's AI at some level doing that. And they'll say, I hate that. So then I think that creates a reluctance for them to use it in their business. So I'm curious, have you run into that obstacle? And if so, how have you overcome that? Get people to implement it in their business.
0: You know, it's it's interesting because what I run into more are people who, for example, don't like Facebook, and don't want to be on there, uh, even though that's where their customers are. You know, they <laughs> they kind of take that stand. Yeah. You know, um, I think that there's there's just a lot of frustration in general, and people don't understand tagging and retagging, um, and how that and how that all works. How it is that you could be searching for for Um, like I was, I'm getting some exercise equipment at my house, so I'm still getting ads for the maxi climber everywhere. And it's like (laughs) the stair, it's like the stair climber, you know, and everything. And like, I'm like, I bought it, like, leave me alone, you know? And it's not that it's that I searched, I went to that website and then they're running ads apparently everywhere on earth and I'm getting them. And people hate that. We all hate that. Um, a lot of people think that your cell phones and everything are listening to you. So you have a conversation and then it's showing up on facebook, and and then there's all the techie nerds saying that that's not happening. I'm not one hundred percent on that. So you know, but yeah. there's there's a lot out there that people don't like and they're freaked out about. And even though I haven't run into it, it could be people don't want to <laughs> don't want to talk to me about it. Um, yeah. but I think that what we have to do, if we're going to affect change, if we're going to have the AI tools, that are helping people walk down the aisle and that are helping people in immense ways within their business, then we have to be part of the conversation. We have to be using these tools. We have to be communicating about what it is that we want. And frankly, we have to be able to take advantage of it if it's at a price point or strategically makes sense for us to do it. The only way that it gets better is if we start to take part in it. And the only way that it changes is if we is if we're if we're in it
2: i will say though for those who are listening who may be reticent to adopt new technologies just think about adopt one at a time you know figure out how to use it and then then expand your scope it's it's not going to help you or your business if you just stick your head in the sand but on the other hand it's not going to be much good if you try to do 20 things at once and don't do anything well yes (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely,
0: I, I really like to help people put their toe in the water, yeah. And let's just see how it works. I think that's why people come back
2: because <laughs> <laughs>
0: I am like because I'm like, look, let's just do what you what you feel comfortable doing. Let's just get you to a place where things are a little bit easier. And for a lot of people, that might not be AI, yeah. You know, sure. that might be just like way out, <laughs> outer limits for a lot of people. Yeah. But for some people, it's just like okay. I didn't even know, like I could schedule things out the way that I can, whether it's social media or email marketing, or, you know, you can have a plan and like work the plan and just run your business while things are going. And you just need to know when to turn it off if something changes or shifts. And, and for some people that, you know, relieves such a weight that they can then move on to the next thing. And I find that once you get people to do an, an adoption of some kind, it becomes easier and easier for them to take on more. But yeah, don't do 20 things at the same time.
2: <laughs> I think it's so good when you when you can set something up and just let it run and it works. Like for example, people, people coming into my other company and they book on my calendar. I have a, a 30 minute strategy session with them. And if they figure out that they that I can solve the problem for them, they pay me. And that's, that's a good thing. I mean, you know, then they become a client and so forth. But that's where somebody wants to talk to you, Jen, to set that up for them, because then on autopilot, I have or they can have people coming in. And the hardest part about business is getting the new clients right, versus reselling mm-hmm. to people who've already been there.
0: Yeah. One of the greatest things that I did for my own business is I started using proposal software that if they say yes, immediately asks them to pay. Yep. Like I was like, boom, boom. And it like, like I only did that like a few months ago. like But just having the proposal
2: sets you apart from everybody else. That's something I found.
0: Yeah, totally. And then at the end, you're like, you said yes, let's get that money in the bank. Yeah. And like, people want to do it because they're stoked because they just signed the proposal. Yep.
1: Jen, this is, this, this is so good. An eye-opening for me. And uh, I want to wrap up with this question for you put a, to put a bow on it. You've shared a lot. What's the one thing you would say to business owners right now about technology?
0: I would say it's not as scary as you think it is. <laughs> All of the things that you've heard, if you just take your time and do things one thing at a time, you can get there and it can lift, it can lift such a weight off of your shoulders. Yeah. But the most important thing about technology is knowing what it is that you need. That's yes. not something that we talked about ahead of time. So it's really about getting down to those business needs and those biggest business goals so that you get the right tool for the job. So you're not just swatting flies with a hammer.
1: Mm. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's very visual. <laughs> Next time I see a fly, I'm going to probably see a hole. <laughs> so Jen, we always ask our guests to give them an opportunity to share or promote something that's going on for you or your business. And what is that for you?
0: Yeah. So one of the things that I have, if you go to womenconquerbusiness.com slash free, I have this super simple, sweet spot to reach your goals. So one of the things, and we just talked about it, you know, is understanding your business needs. And what I've done is I've kind of distilled down the three key areas that you need to focus on to reach your business goals. This isn't a techie ebook at all. This is more about getting down to brass tacks about what it is that you want to do and understanding, you know, what it's going to take to do that. And I like to work with people who are more clear about their goals. It makes my job a lot easier. Yes. And it makes the business owner a lot more clear about where it is that they want to go.
1: Love that. So, you mentioned your website. What is the best way for people to connect with you?
0: Sure. Uh, either through womenconquerbiz.com or you can connect with me on LinkedIn.
1: All right. And we always wrap up with the question. And the, the question I'm going to ask you today, Jen, I'm realizing I haven't used this question a lot lately, is talk to us about a mentor, a leadership mentor for you, and what did you really learn from them? Hmm.
0: So I've had several mentors throughout my career. I've been very, very lucky in that regard. And I think that it's very rare for someone to still be in contact with their first boss that they ever had. That's probably not, you know, not when you're fresh out of college, it's probably not someone that you're still in contact with. Uh, I've been out of high school for a long time. And <laughs> so I'm very fortunate to say that Patricia Rach, who was my first supervisor, is still a dear friend mm. and still uh, someone that I am in touch with. What I really appreciated about her and, and about other leaders is that there she was honest and she was mm-hmm. brave and she would stand in you know what what she stood for and what she believed in we were doing marketing in commercial real estate i mean that you know she was my marketing manager in commercial real estate and we were a team of all women in this male dominated field and i would watch her speak to the brokers and and talk through these complex problems and at times, you know, I mean, it was just the dynamic was really fantastic. And then she would also bring us in to the conversations. We were all like in our 20s and we were, you know, in early 20s. And she was bringing us into these conversations at a level that upon reflection, it just doesn't happen that often. Mm -hmm. So I've always appreciated her. And then throughout my career, you know, we'll have little touch base talks and, and things like that. And for a while, you know, one of her daughters was, um, helping me with my business, you know, we've just kind of continued that conversation. And I think it's really important for people to have mentors like that and people Mm -hmm. around them that you can look up to as good leaders.
2: That's awesome.
1: Well, thank you for that, Jen. And, and what I would add on that about mentors is if you're looking for a mentor, ask. Mm-hmm. If you want a formal mentor, ask. I see so many people who are hesitant to ask, and I will tell you, more people than you know are open to helping people, supporting people, but they're not going to tell you that they're going to mentor you. Yeah. You got to make the ask. So be, mm-hmm. be the one who asked for support. That's how we grow, by asking for support. Good point, Jen. mentors and coaches, et cetera. So thank you, Jen. Thank you for putting a, a unique perspective on technology not just unique, but uh, in many ways, simple, but disruptive. And that's what we need today, as we talked earlier. And even uh, humanizing. And and humanizing. We're going to (laughs) humanize through technology. Imagine that. So thanks for being here, Jen.
0: Thank you so much for having me.